It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage. We've got the tournament. It's been going on, and it's been great. If, hey, if you're just looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, and along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe that's B L E A V to get started. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game starts. It's always ice cream season at the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse. And March is no exception. Come on in and get a taste of the Irish. All month long, they'll have delicious mint soft serve, mint flying saucers, mint milkshakes, and their amazingly popular cookie puss cake. All perfect for the St. Patrick's season. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh. So no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel, open seven days a week, Brewerton Road in North Syracuse. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. What? What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, the Al and Angus Pub, and our great friends at Brewerton Ace Hardware. Man, if you're in and around Central New York, you got to get into Brewerton Ace Hardware. Ace is the place. Sign up for the value reward card as well, where you can get a bunch of bonuses. They've got everything that you need, literally A to Z, for inside or outside the home. Everything from, gosh, potting soil and mulch and mums coming up for the spring season. Um, everything you need inside, right? If you need shelves and you need toilet seats and you need whatever, they've got it. Garbage cans and grills, you name it, they've got it at Burton Ace Hardware. Right off the Bartell Road exit in Burton on Route 11. And hey, by the way, when you get done shopping at Burton Ace Hardware... Go up northbound just a little bit and stop by Rosie's Corner. Pizza, wings, pasta, hot and cold subs, and more. What a two-for-one there on Route 11. Burton Ace Hardware and Rosie's Corner. A couple more weeks of comfort food at Rosie's Corner as well. Today is Meatloaf Monday. Stop in to get that. Tomorrow is Turkey Slop Tuesday, Chicken and Biscuit Wednesday, Mac and Cheese and Fish on both Thursday and Friday. And, hey, all the pizza wing combos for all the games as well. It is Rosie's Corner, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor, and I do want to give a tip of the cap thank you to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platform, as well as the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. Let's bring them back, because the Bonnies are in the NIT Final Four. J.P. Butler, Olean Times Herald, Bonnies Men's Basketball, Beatman and Insider. J.P., Welcome back, my man. I'm good. I appreciate you having me. Obviously, uh, very crazy, exciting time for Bonnie basketball right now. So excited to get into it. Let's start with this. 
we obviously know that the season itself was not what we had all kind of envisioned, you know, with the, the expectations and everybody coming back and gaining, I think, some players through the transfer portal that we didn't expect in Bonna's favor. Um, there was always a chance that people could leave. Nobody did. You have Schmidt. You have the staff. The schedule looked good. They booked a bunch of guys out of conference. They should have been a little bit more at the top of the A-10. But all of that kind of went away when they lost to Northern Iowa. They lost at Mason. You know, the Dayton travel disaster. They lose there. Oshun gets hurt. Lofton gets hurt. They get blown yeah. out against VCU. The St. Louis thing happens in the A-10, and they don't make the NCAA tournament. But now everything's changed. The narrative, the feeling, uh, the confidence, the swagger. They're treating the NIT like it is the NCAA. They went to Boulder, beat Colorado, went to Norman, beat Oklahoma, went to Charlottesville, beat Virginia. So my question is this. Have the Bonnie salvaged the season right now? I, I think they have. And, you know, it, it, it's funny. You always be able to put that little bit of an asterisk on it and say, you know, it's not the NCAA tournament. And, and, and there is, you know, maybe that little thing in the back of your head, too, where you, you, you think and you wonder, you know, why maybe did it necessarily take until this NIT run to become the team that we really thought they were probably going to be all season. Now you can, you can point to some things that, you know, kind of the elevated inspired play of, of Jaron Holmes in this NIT run, um, you know, making big shots, locking down defensively when they need to, you know, sort of where, where was that at different patches of the season? If they, if, if we had seen some of this, a little more consistently during the regular season. And I told people they played on Sunday night against Oklahoma. They would have been playing on a different channel yeah. that night because they would have been playing in an NCAA game. And so there is that, that layer to it, but just what they've been able to do the way they've embraced it, you know, they could have gone the way of the 2016 team that didn't make the NCAA tournament and said, you know, we just don't really, care that was the team that obviously lost at home mm -hmm. to Wagner but this team did the opposite they they embraced it um they knew that there was still something to be playing for to end your season and maybe your careers in Madison Square Garden um to show you know hey we were this team you know you know that that that, that people expected and, and to succeed in the face you know we talk about everything that was thrown against them um, you know, to just kind of be stiffed at every turn by this NIT committee with the, with the travel and the three-row games and all of those things that, that went into it. I do think that's an accomplishment. I do think the fans, you know, have embraced, uh, you know, this, this NIT thing. And, and as a side, you know, maybe to, to another question here in a minute, you know, it's the whole debate about would you uh, rather – play make the NCAA tournament and maybe get bounced in the first round or win the NIT you know for, it's never really been a debate you want to make the NCAA tournament but I think what Bona is doing here is showing that there you know what there is something to be said for this kind of a, a, a special run and getting to a final four and maybe playing for a national championship and you know that's kind of what we're seeing on, on unfolding here with all of the excitement yeah, and Mark Schmidt has alluded to it and addressed his team. I'm sure you've seen it, you've heard it. He's told you, um, you know, that some of his best basketball memories were in the NIT, you know, when he was assistant at Xavier. Um, 
So you say they've salvaged it. You, you're saying that if, if they even if they don't win at all, they, they, just getting to the final four, the circumstances, the three wins, power five, all the enrollment, all the all the all the football money, all the facilities. You're saying they that they don't have to win the whole thing. I, I, I don't think so at, at this point. I mean, we'll see, you know, sort of what the feel is, you know, next week and if they were to lose on Tuesday to Xavier. But I, I think that, you know, it's funny. What people wanted was this just sort of magical week at the end of the season this year. That's what people were picturing, right, in November. And, you know, again, the thought was that it was going to maybe be an NCAA tournament game and they were going to play in Buffalo and they were going to be a higher seed right. and maybe win a game. And, you know, to me, that is going to always be sort of the what if, um, you know, the, 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 the one box left to check for this team was to win a game in the NCAA tournament. It's actually interesting to see that Richmond team that I didn't think was as good as Bona all of a sudden be the one to, to do that and, and to win a game in the NCAA tournament and beat Iowa. Uh, but even if it comes in the form of what they've been able to do over this last week again with the odds sacked so badly against them um, and to pull out the three road wins and just the, 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 the feeling that it created and, and how happy and excited and how, you know, uh, thrilled people are to be making plans to, to, you know, to go out in Madison Square Garden, the mecca of college basketball. You wanted that just special, memorable week that you know you'll talk about for a long time and even if it comes in the form of this nit final four run now that's it, it sort of provided that you know what i mean yeah absolutely i think you know you brought up 2016 and obviously i know it's different circumstances but the concept of going into the nit is the same um you know 16 was should have been in highest rpi ever to not be in all of it, like the veteran leadership, the, the great wins, you know, the, I think they were, they had a three-way tie that year for the A-10 um, regular season championship, and, and Bono was one of those teams. This year's a lot different. They went in with the expectations. They they ended up, you know, not making it and, and disappointed in, in, in a couple of different areas. And so I had brought this up on the alumni pages in a video, and, and you know, there's always a few on social media, JP, and you, you know, you know that as well as anyone who... You know, they're going to they're gonna listen to what you say, and then they're going to spin it their way, and then they're going to troll you and come back and say that you said this when you really didn't. And what I said was, I, 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 did, I, didn't, I didn't say that they would fall on their faces. I didn't say that they wouldn't care. I, I brought the question up, you know, will they or won't they? You know, that there's a big difference there. Will they go out and do it? Will they not go out and do it? Will they be hungry? Will they be just, nah, I, I just don't care. Kevin Connors brought it up on, on ESPN after they just won the, the game against Virginia. You know, you, you can go into these NITs and you can just lay down and, and that's it. They have not done that. And that might be the ultimate, you know, for this special group, it might be the ultimate thing of, you know what? We hit the lowest of lows when we lost to St. Louis and Lofton misses the two free throws there. Hey, yeah. we got up off the canvas and we did it not once, not twice, but three times. And now this is the biggest part. They're playing in Madison Square Garden. I mean, look, this isn't the NCAA tournament, but they're playing in the garden. And that is huge. It, it is. And you know what? It, it was fair from the beginning to, you know, sort of question how this might go. And we, we know that's based in fact because, you know, Mark Schmidt has, you know, come on, he said it in the Virginia Post game the other night again 
really kind of detail the situation. They get back from uh, the heartbreak of, of that St. Louis, and he asked the five seniors if they even wanted to, to, to play in the mm-hmm. NIT. This is a group that played in the NCAA tournament last year and had expectations of getting back this year. They don't do it. They all had pro prospects. They all had money waiting for them. Do they even want to do this? And he said he gave them 12 hours to decide. And then, you know, presumably like a loft and had to call him back. He said, call me <laughs> and let me know what you want to do. All five of them said they wanted to play. If there's basketball to be played, if there's something to be won, we want to do it, which I do think shows the character of these guys. And we've seen it, you know, we've talked about it with this group of five, their character guys. This is another indication of that, I think. And, and so they said, okay. And, and, and Schmidt said, but if we're, if we're doing it and, and these guys too said, if we're doing it, we're committing to it. We want to win. We're not just going to sort of go in and go through the motions the way I think kind of happened in that Wagner home game in 16. And, and now we're sort of seeing that play out. And again, you know, I'll say if, if you were told at the beginning of the year, now, now again, it, without the, ex, without the actual experience in the moment, I think it would have been easy for anybody to say at the time, would you rather have made the NCAA tournament and say they say they were like a six eleven, and, you know, played a, a power conference school and gave it a good game, but lost, you know, on that say Thursday in Greenville, South Carolina. And then, you know, they made it and everything, but it's over like that sort of the way it was last year. It's this great thing. And they go into Indiana, lose to LSU. That's it. Or with the, you know, now having actually experienced it, would you maybe have rather said, Hey, you know, this team's going to, going to go on this amazing run in the NIT, which actually has almost even been harder for them because of the fact that it's been three true road games. These haven't been neutral site games. And when you're in the NCAA tournament as as a higher seed, especially you're going to get that, you know, low major in in an early round game. And maybe when, maybe even the next round on a neutral floor, these guys have won three straight road games against good power five teams Mm -hmm. and so their roads actually almost been more difficult in that way and so having done that and now getting the opportunity to go to madison square garden for the fans to be able to go to madison square garden instead of this venue in fort worth texas and maybe win you know play for a national championship just sort of the stories and the buzz and and everything that's going to come out of that you know suddenly it's like oh you know maybe i actually would have taken the NIT is as crazy it is to think maybe I would have actually wanted this for this team as opposed to yes, making the NCAA tournament and uh, losing in the last minute to whatever six seed and, 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 and having that be it, you know, yes. it's, just, it's, it's, it's really brought to light that, you mm-hmm. know, maybe, maybe this isn't such a bad outcome after all. I mean, I think if you go to the NIT and you win one, it's like, okay. But the fact that they've done three of them and made it to the right. final four into the garden has changed everything. They, I mean, they've changed the narrative. They've, they've changed the feeling, the emotion of fans, alum, et cetera. I mean, the majority of the people I talk to, uh, JP, 
you know, they, they, they are saying the latter, like they'd rather win the NIT now at this point, um, than win you know, than go to the tournament. I've even heard some people say, you know, if, even if you win one, you know, the sweet 16, now we're talking a whole different ball game, but winning one and then being done or losing that first game and being done. They've created though, this feeling amongst the fan base. Now, Within what you just said, I, I'm glad that you brought this up because I wanted to go here next. Mark Schmidt gave the players the opportunity to say yay or nay to this thing. Do you agree with him giving them the option, or should he have just told them we're playing? You know, so, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised to hear that it was even a question that he was going to, you know, allow them to, to basically actually vote on this. Um, because, you know, I, I would have just thought that, you know, again, if there's basketball to be played, you know, they're competitors, they, they want to play. Um, and, and, you know, it's just not something you, you, you just thumb your nose at and turn down. Um, but I, I do understand it from the standpoint of it's five seniors. Again, they've played in the NCAA tournament. Um, they've won, you know, league titles. There was the expectation of getting back there's you know the consideration of of what uh is in the near future for these guys and so you know maybe there's even just sort of that like injury you know sort of avoiding injury i don't know you know if that really factors in but uh and so you know but those things i you kind of understand how it was going to be a question of you know are they committed is it is it is it a big enough thing for these guys who have done all these, you know, great things before. Um, and, and, and they did, you know, I, I don't think it was ever a question of whether they were going to get in or not. That was going to be clear cut. And then do you commit to it? And if, if, if you're going to play, you know, are you putting it all out there again? Unlike in 16, in retrospect, it's kind of hard to believe that they were playing a home game against the Northeast conference team and lose at home, but this team, you know, obviously hasn't done that. They have committed and, and, and like we said, they've given it this, this different ending. They had a chance to rewrite the ending. I think that's what made it such an easy sell for them as well. They've got this second chance. And now I feel like in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, this group won't be remembered as, you know, maybe the group that just, you know, what if fall short of expectations, um, you know, say if the season had ended, you know, after that St. Louis, after that St. Louis game, they'll be remembered now as the group that, yes, did play in the NCAA tournament and maybe got Bona its second national championship ever in this sport. J.P. Butler, only on Times Herald, Bonnie's men's basketball beat man, our guest here on the ML Sports Platter. All brought to you by Bowers and Company CPAs and Burn Dairy. Um, I want to go to an area that I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say because I, I think it happened for me twice so far in the NIT. Um, when I realized that, holy crap, they, they could you know go to the Final Four and play in the Garden and, and, and have a very good shot at winning this thing. Um, the moments, there were two, um, you know, Colorado just doing that, period, 
gave me, that was one reason, just winning that game in those circumstances. And then the second one was against Virginia when they were down 50 to 45. I said to myself, I don't know, man, five points right now at this juncture of the game against that defense feels like 10 or 12. I don't know how they're going to do it. And you needed a break. They got a break. Then they needed another one. They needed, and it kept going. And they found a way. They somehow found a way. Deep three add away, uh, you know, the the Welch three that happened later on that was kind of like that off balance deal. Lofton gets fouled, right? And and then Oshun with like the block of his career, the block of the year. Those were the two moments where I felt, and I guess it's easy to say Virginia because they won and that was the game that got him to the final four. But did you have a moment or two during the first couple games, first half, second half of Virginia, somewhere where you said, this team can really do this? When, when did you feel that way? Yeah, and you know, I, I think it's sort of been a, a, a collection of things that we know this team is capable of. And we, we know that, you know, they're able to play like this and rise to the occasion and 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 make these big plays to win games because we have seen those things before but then we sort of you know it got away from you a little bit because they didn't always show that consistently this year but this nit run has been a reminder i think of just how good they can be and uh you know that they are uh capable of winning these games down the stretch that, that a guy like jaron holmes is capable of playing the way the way he is, I really think that he, he's been an X factor to this whole thing because we know how much he struggled to, to shoot in the regular season. He, he came in to the NIT shooting just 25% from three-point range. That number was 18% in Atlantic 10 play. And then he goes into a game like Oklahoma and goes four for four. Right. You know, and again, like if we see that more during the regular season, this team would have been in – the big dance but um for me i, I you know so even just in, in in colorado you know i'll start there again all the thing you know 48 hour turnaround uh 1500 mile trip in the altitude almost no time to prepare and they get down 10 in the second half to a pretty good pac 12 team at their place Mm-hmm. And they shake all that off and come back and win the game. Mm-hmm. And they hit some big child often after what had just happened in St. Louis steps up and really hits the knee with what was basically the game winning jumper. Yeah. With like a minute eight left, whatever it was. So that's sort of your first indication they carry it into Oklahoma. But then what happened, as you said, at the end of this Virginia game, it almost now does for me, that was like, okay. You know, they, 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 okay, I'm in, I buy it. They're like this team of destiny kind of thing where I really am going into, you know, driving to uh, Manhattan on Tuesday thinking they're going to win it. Because, like you said, to be down five with three minutes left, I believe it was at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, as we know, that's, that's basically like a 10-point deficit the way that game was going. <clears throat> and, then, and then not only that, when they got down – so under a minute left, uh, guy for Virginia goes and makes one of two, but that at least made it a four point game. That at least made it a two possession game. And again, I'm thinking, man, if he even gets one here, a two possession game oh. might be a lot to ask with whatever it was, 31 seconds left. Yeah. 
And then and then Welch comes out and it's funny. I was telling people it almost seemed like Dom thought the game was over, right? That like he thought he had to hoist something up right then and there, even though they did have like twenty whatever seconds left. But it goes in the the off balance, the, yep. the shot fake, and falling back, and to just bury that, um, you know, to get it to one. I'm like, oh my gosh, they, they, they're actually gonna gonna do this. And then the thing that gets you out of your your seat is when Lofton gets fouled and is put in almost the exact same situation as that St. Louis game. Are you kidding me? Like in terms of redemption, in terms of a tailor-made story right on a tee for you, he steps up and this time makes both of them, obviously, with the timeout, you know, in between. You got to think about it for a minute and steps up and hits the second one. Um, The redemption factor... Uh, it, it, it's all just sort of, the, like I said, this team of destiny thing. Um, now it's, now it's almost like, well, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna go in and win it. And especially when you think about, like, as you know, the number of Bonifans that are going to be oh. in Madison square garden on Tuesday is going to be uh, unbelievable. I mean, the sections are sold out. So that came out uh, earlier today. I want to get to one other thing, maybe two, and, and, and then I'll close with the Mark Schmidt UMass stuff. Yep. The word exposure. Look, again, it's the NIT, not the NCAAs, but you play another game, it's on ESPN. We have social media. One more game, one more this, one more, you know, one more game does one more of everything, right? One more pregame for everybody, one more postgame, you know, one more chance to talk about it, one more chance to have the name on the TV on on the big station, right? It's it's all those things. But I happen to think for as good as the exposure was for the three games, in order to make the NIT, just from the exposure standpoint now, I'm not talking about what we did earlier with, you know, salvaging and winning the three and all the rest. It's all been wonderful. But from the pure exposure standpoint of getting the most and reaching the ceiling of that, I thought they had to get to New York. And now they're they're there. And so I just think now the exposure, you can check that box tenfold because they're in New York City at the Garden. And whoa. I mean, what great timing to have this happen too when all these guys are probably, you know, done with their careers at Bonas. I mean, what a great recruiting uh, recruiting resource New York City and, and the Mecca is. Yeah, and, 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 you know, it's, and, you know, the last 10 years now under Schmidt, I mean, how many of those types of barriers have they broken down in terms of the exposure component by making, you know, the NCAA tournament, by winning Atlantic 10 titles by even something all the way down to, I remember, you know, 13, 14, uh, they were an eight seed, they go into the A-10 tournament, upset number one St. Louis, yeah. who was nationally ranked at the time, and Jordan Gathers hits the buzzer beater. It's all you saw on sports center that night. Mm-hmm. And I've always been sort of curious to see how that type of exposure uh, translates, you know, exactly into like dollars and cents and advertising, you know, they say you can't pay for that kind of advertising. Um, and just when we thought that they were going to gravely miss an opportunity for probably its biggest, you know, sort of exposure yet by you know, making it back to back years and maybe winning a game. And, you know, in November, people were talking about the, maybe the Sweet 16 and being that loyal to Chicago that could make a run, you know, at it. And just when you think you've lost all that and man, what a missed opportunity, suddenly they're doing 
what they're doing now. And, you know, I think in a lot of years, people don't, you're the same way I'm, you don't even really think about the NIT. It's really, the, if there's a year that Bonnet isn't playing, it's just not on my radar at all. You're watching NCAA games yeah. those two weeks. But the, but I think they have drawn some attention, one, because it's Bonnet and they're just sort of that, it is that following and, you know, we see it on social media. But two, just sort of the circumstances that they were put in have kind of become, you know, starting to butt into a little bit of a national story with the fact that they were made to go on the road. They win these three games over power five teams. They have a, almost no prep time, all the travel, you know, almost 6,000 miles of, of, of air travel. <laughs> um, that's sort of becoming a story now. And then, and then the capital, when you put any time you put Madison Square Garden into the picture, it, it, it elevates that right and, and now it is you know sort of that um exposure and buzz again and it's going to get some eyes on this and, and again i say like you know maybe does that end up even actually being a better a better outcome for this program to play an msg and maybe the fact that they've gotten there now maybe that does seal the fact that this is going to be it for these five guys um and you know the the attention that that might get on this just you know interesting kind of again David and Goliath situation. Um, it, does that end up maybe being a little bit better outcome than making it and you know you know just sort of bowing out on Thursday that first Thursday of the tournament at two o'clock in the afternoon and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see. It really is. Um, let's close with this, with this, you know, UMass Schmidt stuff that you know kind of happened here. And Mark Blodshin, I think, is his, is his name. He he seems to, I don't even know who he is, but he was tweeting a bunch of stuff out and and basically had all but assured that Schmidt was going to go to UMass, that it was a done deal. I mean, UMass reaches deal with Mark Schmidt for one point eight million dollars a year should be announced next week. Then he goes to Bonaventure making last-ditch effort to keep Schmidt, coming up with a matching $1.8 million a year offer. Decision must be made in the next 24 hours. Uh, then, he, then he tweets out later, by end of business today, one of these statements will be released. St. Bonaventure has extended Mark Schmidt contract, or UMass has hired Schmidt as its new basketball coach. Then Pete Thamel comes out and says, former South Carolina coach Frank Martin has emerged as the target of the UMass basketball search. Martin met with UMass officials Tuesday, and the sides are expected to meet again in person on Thursday. Then we have uh, Matt Vitor tweets out, Mark Schmidt has pulled out of the UMass uh, search. Uh, and then he uh, uh, basically Mass Live had confirmed it as well. And UMass had made an offer, which is different than the first report, of at least $1.4 million to Mark Schmidt. So here we are where he's not going to UMass. Um, he got a little bit more money on the Bonaventure side. Uh, his staff was promised uh, a raise uh, for all of them as well. There's probably some other things behind the curtain that happened. Um, I heard from multiple sources, multiple people who I know, one person very close to the UMass program, and one, per- and, and he's also very close to the Bonaventure program. There was a little bit to this. There was some steam. How real was it that he, you know, he could have gone, Mark Schmidt could have gone to UMass? How real was the possibility? And, and from people you talk to, take me through the timeline from J.P. Butler's seat, what you found out when and how, and, and then the end result. 
Yeah, you know, and so what a day, you know, started as a day, you know, the way I framed it as just, it was the spillover of celebration from the Virginia game on Tuesday night. Everybody's having a great time to all of a sudden, uh-oh, you know, this, this, you know, concern and the speculation with Mark Schmidt and the UMass job. And that ends up, you know, just kind of commanding the rest of the day. Now, what I, I've been telling people is seeing all sort of the pieces now and the smoke has cleared a little bit. I, I do think that there was probably something to what this Mark Blauchin, um was was saying. Um, but what, what got him in, in some hot water, as we saw with Mana fans who were just sort of burying all over him yep. on, on social media <laughs> all day yesterday, was the fact that he just let off out of the blue with. You know, UMass and Mark Schmidt agreed to a, a deal 1.8 million a year announcement expected next week. Yeah. So with the, the fact that he just, you know, committed to this done done deal, that right? Done deal. Yep. Your coach is mm-hmm. gone. Sayonara. The rest of your week is ruined. You know, the 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 NIT Final Four is ruined. That's what the fact that he he you know was guns blazing right off the bat, and then and then kind of walked it back from there is what is what his issue <laughs> was but i think a lot of what he was saying was accurate in in retrospect i i it sounds like the two sides schmidt and U.S. certainly uh spoke there was an offer on the table uh in that you know maybe one 1.4 to 1.8 million dollar range yep. um Schmidt might have considered it, uh, but I think it also might have been more now. As far as I know, uh, the last public extension for Schmidt was in 2016, and it tied him at Bonner through this season. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, 21-22 was it. And so you know there's going to need to be some negotiating again going on here relatively soon, maybe right after the season ends. And with this UMass thing, it was an opportunity for him and, you know, his, his, his agent where, Hey, let's at least listen to what UMass has to say. They put an offer on the table. That's more than what he's making at Bonner. And then he can, now he can come back to Bonner and say, Hey, you know, I have this offer on the table. What, what can you do for me here? And that probably happens, I mean, that does happen all the time. You don't necessarily, you know, get the uh, the curtain pulled back to see, you know, these these things maybe being leaked the way that this Mark Blanchin did yesterday. But I think that's probably fairly standard that in any, in any job, too, you're going to, you know, leverage, you know, a, a, a raise. And, and now is a time where he has to kind of be doing that anyway because – you know, his, his, his current contract might be up. And so now, you know, Bonn is in a position where, like we saw, uh, and, you know, I think Adam Zagoria reported, you know, mm-hmm. last night today that, yes, now as part of that, they, they did bump his salary up. I think he was in that million, mm-hmm. right around that million, 1.1 range. They bumped him up some, maybe it's not quite as much as what UMass is offering, but it's, but it's enough um, to keep him, you know, happy, obviously in a good situation here, a much better situation than, than where UMass is at right now. 
and he gets a little more for his assistance and he just sort of uses that as you know a barometer for hey you know now what what can we do here and it sounds like it was it was taken care of um so so you know and he so he's staying and you know people are happy but i i think there there probably was some steam as you worded it see i jp here's what i think here's what i think i think that 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 blodgen i think the only thing that he did that was really, and I quote tweeted something and, and I didn't want to make anybody think that I actually was just believing it because as you know, you can't, you can with social media and the way things come out and certain reporter, you know, you, you've got to, you have got to be right. You, you know, you can be first, but boy, you better be right. And I quote tweeted, tweeted just kind of my thoughts in terms of what the UMass program was. I think I said something like, you know, shit program, shit athletic director, which basically both are true, but um, I had said sad at the end, just in the sense that if Schmidt were to leave, of course it's sad. Of course you don't want that as a Bonaventure person. The only where the only place I think where Bodgen really screwed up was by saying basically that it was a done deal. Other than that, I believe pretty much everything else that he wrote. I, be- I, I do too. Okay, yeah, th- okay. And, and the more we hear about it, the more it sounds like there was some truth to yep. that because you know from what I've been able to gather from what we've seen and. Uh, you know, with like this Adam Zagori report of the Buffalo News that it sounds like an offer was made and it sounds like Schmidt was at least a little bit receptive. Now, how close he was to actually saying, oh, I'm going to go to this disaster in UMass and start over at nearly 60 years old. I, I don't know how much truth there actually is to that. But I, like I said, I think he was at least willing to talk, uh, to hear an offer. And then, like I said, be able to come back to Bonner and, and say, hey, you know, they're offering $1.8 million, basically, what can you get me up to? Yeah. And even though it's not as much as UMass, you could sacrifice that four hundred grand, knowing, you know, you've got this great, you've cultivated this great situation at Bana as opposed to just the mess and the rebuild he'd be facing at, at, at UMass. And so you that's what offsets the the gap maybe in, in the two offers and but Schmidt gets bumped up a little bit. Again, he, he has, you know, over a million dollars a year and only in New York. Um, goes a long way. <laughs> that, that'll get you quite a bit. That's a lot of Burton. Hey, hey, that's a lot of Burton burgers, man. You know, it's a lot of Burton burgers and he gets a little more for his assistance yeah. and, and, you know, and it's, put, and it's put to bed. Yeah. That's so, awesome. but I, but I agree. I do think that, that, that Blodgen probably took more of a, of a beating than he, <laughs> you know, was deserved. But again, just the fact that, I mean, when he said announcement coming next week, I mean, every, and then, and then to, and then, and then to find out that that's not true. Right. That That's it right there. That's he, he took, he, everybody yeah, off. he took, he took those daggers because he said basically word for word that it was a done deal. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's where he took a lot of it. And you know what? I mean, you've been in the business long enough to know I'm, I've been in the business long enough to know, like, dude, you got to be right, man. Like, and he yeah, was especially with Bonnet fans. I mean, you know, oh, Bonnet fans on social media—they're—they're—they're they're, they're circling sharks. Oh yeah. And as soon as something like that happens, and so if he had just said, you know, I'm hearing that this could potentially happen, or right, anything close, but a, anything but a done deal. Like, well, actually, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's you know, Bonnet uh, came in and is matching the offer, sure. and now it's a bidding war. That all, that all would have been fine. I, I, I yeah. think it probably pretty darn accurate. Um, 
in, in, in retrospect, that that does seem, you know, like how it's played out. Now, again, I don't think Schmidt ever was going to maybe seriously entertain leaving to become the UMass coach. But, you know, what, what coach, what person out there in any job is not going to use an opportunity to maybe, you know, bump up your own situation, especially with the success that you've had. Yeah, I mean, for all that to happen right as they're going to the Final Four in the um, in the NIT, it's uh, and, and that's wild. the part that I'm sure just why uh, you know Bonna Bonna you know reached out to me basically to tell me that hey he, he's he's staying, which you don't normally have people basically you know kind of voluntarily yeah. giving you that type of information. But I think the reason they did is because they knew this wasn't a great you know. Look, they didn't want to take away from this great feeling in this week and this sort of celebratory week going into the Final Four um, with this negative thing hanging in the air. And so I think they just wanted it to be done. They, they, they wanted it to – they wanted everybody to know, you know, no, he's not leaving. Get back to your, you know, celebration. Get back to, you know, celebrating these five – guys going into this NIT final four. Um, they just, they just won. It just wasn't good that it was, I'm sure they were not happy about that. JP Butler does an unbelievable job covering the St. Bonaventure men's basketball team for the Olean times Herald. JP, thanks so much. I held you a few extra minutes, but it was worth it. Thank you so much. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll do it down the line again here. Wild stuff, wild year, unbelievable changes, narratives changing. St. Bonnie now playing Xavier Schmidt's old school when he was an assistant there in the NIT at the Garden. Final four of the NIT. Who would have thought that it happened this way? But here we are. Thank you for coming on. Keep up the great work. You're doing awesome stuff, and we'll talk again soon. Mike, I, I really appreciate it. And all these other things we talk about, they, they, they could be their own you know, podcast for uh, you know a couple of days down the road. There's so much going on, but I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate you having me on as always. Incredible interview there with J.P. Butler from the Olean Times-Herald. I'm Mike Lindsley. This is the ML Sports Platter, all over the major platforms where you get podcasts, download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, Camillus Golf Club, Ken's Auto Detailing, and our great, great friends at Stanley Law Offices. Stanley Law Offices, a proud title sponsor of the program. Stanley Law Offices, together, they'll work to get you the maximum reward. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, and more to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports energy, recovery, and aging, focus, and a heck of a lot more. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar, that's it, and no chemicals or artificial anything. All you have to do is reclaim your health today and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. And wow, take ownership right now of your health with Athletic Greens. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.